Good morning, world. Welcome to another episode of Zendependently Minded. If you are a new or returning listener, I truly hope you enjoy this episode. And if you're interested in continuing to listen, or if this is your first time listening to the greatest podcast on the entire planet, stay tuned because it's only going to get bigger and better from here. Before we get into the episode, here's a brief word from our sponsor, Anchor. How's it going, guys and gals and zays and zers? It's your boy, Andrew Tate, back at it with another episode of Zendependently Minded. So, it is almost midnight here in Germany. I was going to do this episode tomorrow, but I still for some reason have a bunch of energy even though I got up early this morning and I drove like seven hours, six hours, six and a half hours today to take care of some car stuff. Uh, I really, really hate American car dealerships. If you think that American scamming can only happen in America, uh, that's not the case. I'm dealing with a kind of German-ran but still American-owned or uh, appeal to American car dealership here in, a, in Germany, and I hate them. They're, they're as big, they're biggest scumbag as anybody, but anyway, that's what I've been dealing with today. It's hot as heck. You got fat people walking around with those little towels, you know, the, <laughs> the ones that Joey Diaz talks about. You got the weirdos with the fanny packs, and you got a whole lot of skin. A lot of skin that you don't want to see, but you're going to see, unfortunately, because it's 117 degrees everywhere. I know here in Germany it's really hot, but we're not even the worst country in Europe. Uh, France is dealing with some crazy fires. Spain's dealing with crazy fires. Italy's dealing with crazy fires. And then the UK, I think, is they're the ones with the, the hottest temperatures for for Europe. And then I did see a video of someone actually cooking an egg on a pan on the sidewalk in Texas. So, fun times. Fun times. I knew that this was coming, though, because we had a long winter. We had a long winter. Like, I'm pretty sure we had snow in March or April out here in Germany. And it was long. It was cold. And I knew a long winter was probably going to mean a long summer. I'm sure that there's science behind that. I'm not going to look into it. I'm not going to talk about it. But... Yeah, we're in for a long summer. We're in for a fun recession. Uh, fun fact, the euro is dead even with the U.S. dollar, uh, at least when I last checked, or it was very close. It, it hit that about, la- I think, last week, which is the first time in a long time. Lots of people that I know that have been living in Germany for decades have not have never seen that, and there are a lot of there are a lot of factors that can affect that, but of course... The main one being, we're seeing this around the entire world, but recessions and, conti- yeah, I was going to say continuous negative GDP, that, that's what a recession is. Uh, I think it has to be for a certain amount of months. I don't think there's a specific definition, but anyways, we're seeing recessions in governments around the world, especially governments that decided that they were going to lock down and destroy and cripple the economy and ruin the lives and the livelihoods of their citizens. And Germany is no different. Germany not only had strict lockdowns, they had them longer. They had them more, uh, even more stringent than, than some of the worst places in the United States. They, and they had the, they also, 
gave a lot of uh, financial aid, like fiscal aid, to their citizens, which is a good thing, but that's going to come back and bite you in the long run. But also, you're not going to have as many people laid off. You're not going to have as high of an unemployment rate. You're not going to have as many closed-down businesses, or really, like, there there were almost no closed-down businesses in Germany because during the pandemic, the German government decided that they were going to, if your job was shut down, if you were deemed not what do you call it? What was, I don't forget, I don't remember the term, uh, not necessary, but frontline workers. If you weren't a frontline worker and you were getting displaced or you were, your business was being shut down, the German government would pay like 70 or 75% of your wages, which is something that's great. That's, that's great that, uh, as far as I'm concerned, if you're going to live in it, if you're going to decide to do the, the immoral, unethical, evil, power-hungry, disgusting, corrupt move of locking down your citizens, the least you could do is pay for their wages. It should be 100%. That should be more than 100%, actually, as far as I'm concerned. You're forcing these people to go through things that a lot of people might enjoy. A lot of people who are homebodies might enjoy it in the beginning, (laughs) like me, and then later on they want to freaking jump off a balcony. Uh, And there are some people that need to go out. They need to go to the club. They need to go party. They need to be in big groups. They need to see their friends or they live alone and they have nobody to spend holidays with. You're forcing them to do something. Pay them more than, than their regular wages because you're putting them through shit and you're possibly taking time off of their life expectancy. It's how I feel. It's the same with uh, eminent domain in America. I don't know if they have it in, in Europe. I'm sure they do. They claim that the government will pay fair market price for for your property if they're going to kick you off of your property and displace you because they do, they want to build a library or whatever. That's not fair. First of all, the fair market price is almost always it's going to be by some assessors that are you know, they're in the government's pockets um and they're not going to give you a fair market share first of all. Second of all, you're getting displaced. Money cannot replace the memories you've made. You know, if you've buried loved ones in the backyards, uh, the main thing is memories. And then just what if what if you're being moved from a, into a place that's not as safe? Uh, you got to look at the intangibles. What if you're yeah yeah? What if you're being moved into a place that's not safe? What if you're being moved out of your kid's school district so they can't ride the bus? What if you're being moved too far away from your job? What if you're being moved away from the grocery store you go to? These are things that cannot be replaced and cannot be quantified as far as uh, in a financial way. So all that being said, it should be like double or triple. I don't fucking care. The government wants to shell up the money to bulldoze this place and bulldoze grandma out of the ground to make a stupid library or whatever. That's probably going to be closed in five years uh, when the... When the Department of Education gets cut, gets the budget slashed or whatever, they can shell up the money to not replace what's being taken from the person. But I'm sure you get you guys get what I'm saying. Anyway, the euro and the U.S. dollar are damn near equal. Today I, I, I did pay for something that was 100 euros and I believe it was like $102. So... It's it's still neck and neck, which is crazy. It's, it's really crazy. 
And then you can also, of course, factor in the sanctions, but that's not really... Sanctions more uh, are more to explain... They can explain away the gas prices. Speaking of gas prices, I had to get... I had to pay German prices today. And honestly, it was bad and it sucked, but it was not as bad as I uh, expected it to be. It was uh, $30 more than I normally pay. So it was like 130 bucks, I think, or 125 bucks to fill up my car. And I have a sedan. I have a, a mid-sized sedan. I don't have a, I don't have a, a, a truck. So it was pretty crazy, but first world problems, honestly, I'm grateful to have a car. I'm grateful to have a job. I'm grateful to be alive. I'm grateful to have gas in my car and money to spend when I get it, when I, uh, or money to, to complain about when I spend it. Anyway, I think that's all. Honestly, that none of this was in my notes. I just was speaking off the cuff. Anyway, I'm about to go to Portugal. Uh, I have one more day of work and then I'm going to Portugal for a few days so that you won't hear from me until next week. And I'm sure I'll talk to you guys about a bunch of stuff that you don't actually care about, but I'm going to talk about it anyways, because I want to talk about it, but let's look at my notes. I have a a few things that I want to talk on. Let's see. There's four topics I want to uh, touch on today. Very first one. I just really want to talk about Uvalde. So a lot of stuff has been unfolding with the Uvalde situation. For those of you who don't know, a madman walked into an elementary school in Uvalde, Texas, and shot and killed, uh, I wish I knew the number, but I want to say it was in the 30s, um, children and teachers. <clears throat> it was really sad, really heartbreaking and horrifying, and it sparked another nationwide and even worldwide conversation about gun control and little bit of mental health which is good mental health i think is is where the the solutions are going to be found i've already talked about the gun control part i've talked about all that stuff but the stuff that's been coming out is really frustrating it's really upsetting and it angers me and i'm sure and i know for a fact that it's angering citizens of texas citizens of uvalde parents of children of victims or even parents of children that went to the school that weren't harmed because i believe uh, the security footage that was i think the the prosecuting attorney was pushing for it to or the uh, someone was pushing for the the security footage to be released and the sheriff's department was trying to block the releasing of this footage and i believe it was like kind of stolen not stolen but it was like it's definitely released against the will of the of the police department police department's been pissed and it's it's disgusting because i'm a firm believer in good guys with guns good guys with guns can save the day it happens on a day-to-day basis shortly after i believe the uvalde shooting there was actually a case that was kind of of course not going to be the focus because lives were saved it's a good example but People's attention are going to be on the 30 or so kids and teachers that were murdered in cold blood. In this instance, there were, actually there were multiple instances before the gunman entered the school, when he was being chased, when he was in the school, while I was on a rampage, there were like 
five or six or seven probably more instances in which a good guy quote unquote with the gun could have stopped the gunman but they chose not to and a lot of people were hailing this border patrol team or the the guy that ended up shooting the gunman and killing him in the end as a hero but they were chilling in the hallway too i think i believe it was a 77 77 minutes from when the gunman entered the school uh, before action was taken and before the, the gunman was at, was uh, eliminated. The threat was eliminated. So 77 minutes of them sitting in the hallway. They have riot shields. They have body armor, ballistic armor. I'm not going to sit here and say, I won't be hesitant. Uh, well, when there's lives at stake, I would like to believe that I would probably be a little hesitant in my head, but eventually I would do it because I, I it's my job. It's what I'm getting paid for. It's what I was trained to do. That's my job. If you don't do your job, you get fired. And if you do something as horrible as this, standing by for 77 minutes while kids are getting shot, you deserve to get sued. You deserve to go to jail. Things need to happen. Things are going to happen, hopefully. Anyway, I'm not going to sit here and act like I wouldn't be scared shitless to have to deal with something like this. Whether I'm a cop or a security guard or a bouncer or just some random person, violence is not something that I'm comfortable with. Confrontation is not something I'm comfortable with. So I understand the hesitation, but you, when you have like the, I believe it's the, the head of the police department telling people not to go ahead when some of them wanted to, there is one guy who was an off duty cop, I believe, who heard that his, his wife was actually a teacher and she said, I got shot and he tried to go in and they arrested him. It's stuff like that, that just makes it more and more disgusting, more and more evil and heartbreaking for everybody that's been affected. I, I've always been an advocate for police reform. I've always been an advocate for bettering the system for everything, for healthcare, for politics, uh, like political systems, voting systems. I've, I've always been an advocate for improving the system. There is always work to be done. I've said this in response to everything that involved a cop, good or bad, there is always room for improvement. What kind of improvements can be made with to prevent instances like this? It's hard to say because mass shootings, when uh, which are defined as, I think, when three or more people are wounded uh, around the same time frame in a, from, from a shooting. So if three or more people are wounded, it's defined as a mass shooting. There have been almost 500 mass shootings to date in America. Most of them are gang violence. I've said this before. School shootings are not very common, but it doesn't matter. One is too many. One is too many. Even if nobody gets hurt, one is too many. There are improvements to be made for the school security. There are improvements to be made all across the board. I don't know enough about police departments to be able to get into specifics, but one thing for sure there should be something like a rules of engagement, if there isn't already. Obviously, there are, but there's it's lacking. But there should be kind of like a rules of engagement, the way that there is for the military, but for the police. If you have some jackass, coward, power-hungry sheriff that is literally ordering and actively preventing and persuading uh, everyone else in his, in, uh, that are under him to prevent other people from taking action... When there are kids being killed and teachers being killed, there needs to be some kind of leniency for someone who breaks the rules. There needs to be some kind of leniency 
for someone who, yeah, is breaking police protocol. They're breaking police rules. They're breaking code or whatever the fuck. But they're saving lives in the end. I'm not saying that cops need to go out and be the hero and just go shooting up the classroom because you never know. They, they could... They could think that the gunman is is uh, a teacher is the gunman and then shoot the teacher or something like that. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying sheriffs need to not have this much power, especially if they've been trained, they've they've been promoted, they've been in this position for probably decades. And when they when the their people needed them most, when the people who pay their checks and the ones that obey them and respect them, when they're not being taken care of. You know, something needs to be done. So, my thoughts and prayers out to everybody who's been affected. I know I've done it already. Uh, that's all I can give. Love, respect, vibes, prayers, energy, aura, whatever you believe. That's that's all I can give, unfortunately. Moving on. This could be potential good news. It's still kind of a developing story. But apparently Dr. Fauci... I think Biden says that someone reported that Dr. Fauci is going to retire by the end of Biden's term. So in 2024, at the end of Biden's term, Fauci is going to retire. That was reported. I just read an article recently of Fauci, a quote from Fauci saying, I'm not going to retire. So I'm like, what the hell, man? First of all, it's not a coincidence that he wants to retire when the Biden administration retires because he's not going to be shielded, especially if... And it's looking very likely if Trump is reelected or someone else, if, if the if the pendulum swings to the Republican side and people like Rand Paul are actually respected for their kind of investigative prowess into the lab leak theory and the uh, gain of function research that Dr. Fauci is largely responsible for. He's not going to have an umbrella to hide under. He's not going to have a shield to protect him. That's number one. Another reason also that is definitely a big factor in why he, he probably wants to retire in 2024, or it's been reported, or it would be, it wouldn't be a surprise, is that he's old as fuck. He's older than Biden. He's like in his 80s or some shit. He is very coherent. He's still very conniving. And it's not like he's... In this, uh, his his mental fortitude is in the state of uh, of Biden's, but yeah, I hope that he does retire. But him retiring is not going to solve the problem. It's not going to fix the issue of big pharma control, big pharma influence. I think there's a figure that's that's been kind of give or take a couple percentage points, but I believe that advertising. In America, advertising money, 75% of it is bond paid for by Big Pharma, which is it's kind of like the figure with the, the military budget for the United States. The United States spends more on its military than I think the rest of the world world's military budgets combined. Maybe the figures changed because of China and Russia. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure. I know for sure America's number one on that. And this is another one of those weird figures. It's like other countries, like when you, especially here in Germany, you can't buy ibuprofen at the store. You have to have a prescription and you have to go to an apotheki, which is basically like a CVS, to get ibuprofen. You can't get 
the simplest over-the-counter drugs that you can get very easily in America. You cannot get them here. They're not heavily advertised on German television and German YouTube. Excuse me. Um, German sports and all that stuff. The same with the rest of Europe. They're not heavily advertised. And if it is something pharmaceutically related that's being advertised, it's it's like Dr. Scholl's shoe inserts. Or it's a, a heat pack or it's some cream to help with a wart or something that you can't you can't die unless you take three pouches and you drink them or whatever. So the rest of the world, that's another aspect that, you know, I've heard from people uh, that have grown up in Europe their whole lives that are like, what the fuck's going on in America? So Fauci stepping down is not going to solve the problem. It's not going to fix big farmers control, but it's a good step. We don't need someone that shady and that dirty being in office, I, I know that there are going to be tons of biographies, tons of books, probably a lot of people suicided also, once he does eventually give up power or step away, and if it's not possible now, I hope that his portfolio comes out, because I want to know how much money he has invested in Moderna and Pfizer, just like recently, you know, there's been some media out there that has reported, uh, this kind of related, Nancy Pelosi and her husband are better at playing the stock market than like 99% of the world, better than the best, the absolute best investors in the entire planet. Nancy Pelosi and her husband are better than, better than them at that. I'm not saying that senators, uh, representatives, whatever, shouldn't be allowed to invest in the stock market. Eh, I kind of am because... That's absolute that's an absolutely insane metric. The investments of Nancy Pelosi and her husband, they've been in they've been brought into question a lot lately. One of the most prominent people that have been, that have brought it up are uh Patrick Bet David from Valuetainment and Joe Rogan, of course. Everybody knows who that is. But recently Nancy Pelosi's husband, I forget his name, his name's like Brett or some shit, he invested, he bought a shit ton of uh, NVIDIA stock, I believe, right before some huge bill that that's going to really benefit and drive up the, the profits for chip making companies. So like NVIDIA makes, if you don't know, they make computer chips, they make computer, they make graphic cards, they make all kinds of stuff. This is, this is something... That needs to be looked into. This is something that's common. I totally believe that it's happening everywhere. You have people like Marjorie Taylor Greene who are shaming, who are shaming government, government, uh, she's shaming politicians for advocating for the Ukraine war and then subsequently profiting off of the war by investing in defense stocks. Meanwhile, she's profiting off defense stocks. But I don't think she's been she's been as pro Ukraine, Russia, you know, not not as pro war. <laughs> but still, they're all doing it. It's like it's like Nate Diaz said with the UFC. Everybody's on steroids. Even he was on steroids inadvertently a, a little bit. He, I don't think there was any benefit that he had to it. But he you know had a tainted supplement or whatever. So that all being said. I know Rand Paul has accepted the challenge uh, when he saw that Fauci was saying, oh, I'm not going to retire. He was like, okay, good, because I'm looking forward to, you know, 
having you continue to lie under oath so you can be exposed for the gain-of-function research in the Wuhan lab. That's another thing, man. I had someone recently tell me, like, a good friend of mine actually was like, oh, man, COVID is back, COVID is blah, blah, blah. It never left. This new variant, it's whatever. I've I've heard from some people that they've gotten it, and I've been hearing, oh, it's been so, it's been so bad, but I'm not seeing increasing death rates and i hope we don't see increasing death rates i'm also seeing a bunch of bullshit ah uh, oh man I, I really get so so mad at this uh this covid shit i really want it to be done i really want it to be over with but it, the government looks like they're going to move towards you already see it in new york i believe in new york uh probably la you already are being forced to mask up uh, i know in the san diego where i where i graduated from high school those kids in the elementary schools in the San Diego, uh, Sweetwater, or whatever the fuck, San Diego State, whatever, the San Diego public schools are forcing their kids to mask up again. In the fucking summer, in record-breaking heat, you're forcing kids who, uh, I, I, I feel like I, I just repeat myself every day, but kids are not at risk for COVID. There, there have been less than 100, I believe, kids who have died of COVID, and all of them, most if not all of them, had multiple comorbidities. Wearing the mask is not going to prevent the spread. It's been proven time and time again. Wearing a mask is not going to prevent the spread. You know what's going to prevent the spread? Absolutely nothing. If you blow up the entire planet, then you'll prevent the spread. Actually, even then you won't prevent the spread. It'll fucking fly through the air because that's the way it's supposed to. That's what respiratory viruses do. Anyway... I'm not ready for another fucking COVID. I, I, I've decided, man, if, if there's another insane, insanely draconian approach to COVID again this winter, I'm fucking joining my German brethren and my Italian brethren and my Dutch brethren, my European brethren, my human brethren in fucking protest. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit if I get put on a, a government watch list. I probably already have because I've made some inappropriate jokes. I've insulted some politicians, and then I just also insinuated that we should blow up the planet to stop the spread of COVID. I mean, that's like the next step. Anyways, speaking of that, I'm going to segue from there into the media trying to cancel Joe Rogan again. So there was an article that I read of this guy who was, uh, I actually listened to this podcast, and I this was a, a, the joke, the conversation in question was... A conversation that I didn't even think twice about. So it was between Tom Segura and Joe Rogan. I am a huge fan of Tom Segura. He's my top five comedians right now. I'm going to see him. He's supposed to be coming to Europe. He's going to uh, announce his European tour, like the leg of his European tour, uh, or European leg of his tour that he's on right now. It's called the I'm Coming Everywhere Tour. Um, they were just talking. They were talking about homeless people and how 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 serious the problem is in LA. And then Tom Segura brought up a point. He was like, yeah. So it's actually the property that homeless people have, like their tent or their, their cart, uh, carts, not their property, but whatever their clothes, their, their tent, their fire pit or whatever, that's actually protected by law. So if you try to move or you try to take their stuff or you try to move them without giving them their stuff, you're actually breaking the law. And Joe was like, Oh, is that true? And he's like, well, You'll get arrested if you shoot them. 
So why don't we just shoot homeless people? Obviously, it's a joke. They both laughed about it. There are articles being made. I have a Yahoo article in my in my notes. I'm not going to re- read off of. That's not actually the first place that I read it on. But there's some some soy boy virgin piece of shit cult member who, you know, it's like the typical guy who takes those pictures where they're like they're doing that. You know that beta that beta male face where they're like holding their mouth open in a big like in big surprise. Like a beta, a true beta, a true neck beard. Oh, I'm a, I'm a male feminist because they think it's gonna get them laid. He has a, that that weird stubble where it's not quite a, a a beard, but it's this disgusting stubble, and he probably smells like powder. Uh, anyway, there's a guy who tweeted, and he got a shit ton of likes and retweets by people who have never listened to the Joe Rogan Experience. Don't know what jokes are. Don't know who Tom Segura is. Don't know comedians. Um, they don't understand context. They've never listened to either of these guys talk in their entire lives. Probably the first time they've ever heard of Tom Segura. He tweeted something like along the lines of, Oh, when two rich fucks insinuate that the unhoused need to be shot or whatever. And it's just like, dude, you're stretching. You're reaching so far. Dave Chappelle and Joe Rogan have already had smear attempts, uh, brought out on them. Multiple actually. And they've never worked. I hope and pray, and I don't expect him to, but I really hope and pray that Joe Rogan does not come out and apologize for this. There's nothing to apologize for. It was an offhanded joke. Obviously, Joe Rogan knows you don't want to shoot the homeless people. He is a very caring person. He's a very empathetic person. Anybody who's actually listened to his podcast, unlike this neckbeard virgin pussy, these people are so disingenuous, and it's annoying because they get a, a lot of validation and attention from retards or people who probably are smart enough to realize that they're bullshitting also but they're not going to say anything because they don't want you know attention to be turned towards them but most people's bullshit radars fucking go off the instant you see anybody who's act who actually gets outraged about something immediate almost immediately every time my alarm bells go off no matter what it is because most people truly don't care about anything. They really don't. Most people don't care about anything. And if they do, it's for two seconds. It's for two days. It's for a week. It's long enough so that they can change their profile picture, their banner on Instagram, their cover photo on uh, whatever the fuck, to the Ukraine flag. People don't actually care about things. They don't care about anything. All they care about is themselves, all they care about is validation, they care about materialistic things, and even there, even then, they pretend that they don't care about those things. People don't care about anything, and if they do, it's just so it can benefit them, it's just so it can bring them more validation, and they drop it after a week or two. You can see that with any trend, or any anything where people put on that fake mask of, of being empathetic. Most people don't care about anything. This guy doesn't care about homeless people. He he gives me the the kind of vibe of, oh man, the unhoused. When people say the unhoused, it's like, I, I'm sorry that your parents didn't give you the attention and the love that you needed when you were a kid. But you're not going to replace that. You're not going to fill the void by calling homeless people the unhoused, okay? If that makes you feel better, go for it. But I'm not going to call them the unhoused. I'm going to call them bums. I'm going to call them bums. Not really. But 
he gives me the vibe of uh, one of those people who's like, oh, the unhoused, the the homeless, we got to do something for the homeless. But he locks the doors when he drives by them. He gives someone else money to give them. He He's like, oh, those disgusting homeless people. Doesn't take the train, doesn't take public transportation because he doesn't want to, doesn't bring his kids or God forbid if he has a girlfriend or a wife, doesn't bring them down the street where the fucking those barrels are with the fire and then the poop smearing everywhere and the poop banded and the fucking needles everywhere. People don't care. This guy's fake. Yeah, he doesn't fool me. It's the same with me. I purposely, though, I I care about some things, but I purposely only care about most things for a little bit because that's the only way, because I'm an empath, that's the only way that I can pay attention to politics and not get depressed. Because when I first started, I did like three episodes and I was like, oh my God, this this is horrible. The world is, what is the world coming to? Uh, Satan is running free or whatever. Anyway, they're trying to cancel Joe Rogan again. It's a joke. Literally and figuratively, it's a joke. So, fuck off. Last thing I wanted to talk about. So, there is actually a big, probably a big bunch of riots and protests that are probably going on right now or they're going to start soon. For this scumbag from Minneapolis named Andrew Sundberg. So, Andrew Sundberg, if you guys don't know already, he's some scumbag who, you know, let me pull up what he did. Uh, I want to say off the top of my head, he had a gun and he was trying to rob, uh, let's see if I can find an actual, yeah, let's see if I can find an actual article, not this bullshit about the fucking GoFundMe. So, a woman named Arabella Yarbrough went to, let's see, went to a building, blah, 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 blah. A protester told her to shut up. Oh, that's nice. Nice. Okay, so, um, Wednesday night, when was this? So, I think last week, police were called to this woman's house because uh, Sundberg, what's his name? Andrew Sundberg, the gunman, uh, who's dead, thank God, began firing a gun and a hail of bullets um, through this lady's wall. And Yarborough called the police, the police rescued her, and she also had two small children that were in the building at the time. So police came, evacuated the building, and they had some crisis negotiators before uh, Sunberg ended up, I think, like, charging the police. And it doesn't say in here, it just says uh, he was shot and killed. GoFundMe is allowing the page for this guy's family to stay up. But they removed the one of the bodega clerk, Jose Alba, who had a guy that was a, that was getting violent with him. And I, I don't know if he was trying to steal or whatever or trying to rob him, but he was getting violent with him. He attacked the bodega clerk and then the bodega clerk, Mr. Alba, ended up stabbing him to defend himself and then ended up killing the guy. I just read good news that he's not going to be charged with murder. So that's lucky. Let's hope the family doesn't try to you know, sue him in, in uh, civil court, but it's getting to the point. Uh, this is, this is the other really disgusting thing. So when this, when this mother was going to go get, collect her belongings from an apartment, she was getting confronted by black lives matter protesters and they were getting mad at her. Apparently it was reported that someone told her to shut up when she was talking like, Hey, you don't know this guy, this guy fired bullets at me at my kids 
at my neighbors, at my neighbors' kids, at my neighbors' parents. He is not a good person. Justice, you know, uh, she didn't say this part, but I'm saying it. You know, justice was served. They tried to negotiate with this guy and it went wrong. This guy was violent. Police did their jobs. There's nothing else that they could have done. This guy is not a martyr. He's not the next George Floyd. I hope, I hope, I hope he's not. Anyway, there are some some sad details that I that I was just reading. Uh, apparently, there's video and there's actually audio you can find of uh, Sunberg's father pleading with him to work with the crisis negotiators. Obviously, unfortunately, that didn't work out. It's sad for the father because you never know. The guy could have done his best, and then this this kid just went down the wrong path. He also could have enabled his behavior. Whatever. Let's not attack the the parents, but. Just it's it, it's just like these Black Lives Matter protesters, they just don't care. They don't seem to reason. You know, I, I use this I use this phrase a lot, but these are members of cult. They're members of a dangerous, evil, truly evil and despicable cult that is Black Lives Matter. The corporation, the group, not the saying. I've 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 made it I've distinguished the saying from the group, the corporation the political quote-unquote activist group many times before. Anyway, it's just like, man, this guy fired at a residential building. He he rained down gunfire, and luckily nobody was hurt besides, that, besides him, obviously. And people just don't care. All they care about is causing chaos. They don't actually care about this guy. They probably couldn't name his name. It's like the same thing that happened with uh, with Michael Brown in Ferguson. You had people looting car stores and stealing car parts, stealing rims. You saw you you had people stealing Jordans and stuff. They're not doing this for Michael Brown. The people that are protesting, most of them are not doing it for Sunberg. If anybody should protest, they should protest against those protesters that are telling this woman to shut up after her life was completely flipped upside down. But you know. I'm asking too much. We're asking too much of of retards to think with their brains and wake up and stop paying attention to the uh, break out of this these these cults and stop paying attention to the tabloids and stop being lied to and learn to think for themselves. But, you know, I've I've talked about that too many times in the past. People I'm starting to think it was a conspiracy theory. Uh, it's a conspiracy, honestly. I think kids are not being taught in school how to be able to form a rational, independent, free thought. They're not being taught to be free thinkers, so they're easily melded and easily placed into groups. Their identities are formed for them, and they become members of cults, and they're easily controlled when they're not able to think for themselves. A person who's able to be a free thinker is dangerous. Anyway, I'm not trying to be cringe, but I mean, it's true. Anyway, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Uh, it's kind of a longer episode than I expected, but I'm glad. I'm glad that I was able to form some rational thoughts. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I hope you got something out of it. I hope you learned something from it or, you know, you, you were able to take something away. And I appreciate all the support. I'll catch you guys when I get back from Portugal. As always, stay safe. Stay away from those crazies out there. Thank you.